to my podcast. This is the Joyful Podcast. It is a raw journal of the mindful revolution. I am the host, Ethan Edwards Sherritt, and in a time of personal need, I went seeking inspiration and positivity and motivation. And what I found was an outpouring from so many different people in podcasts and blogs and Instagram and social media, books and everything of people trying to help each other and prop each other up and make this the most exciting most mindfully open, most embracing, most positive time that we've been through in a long time. This podcast is dedicated to propel that forward and it's my exploration of what I encounter in my seeking of more and more such enlightenment and positivity. And with me today is, this is a, an interview episode I'm excited about. I've, uh, I've talked a lot about in, in other episodes of trying to get with uh, yoga instructors and owners of yoga and meditation-based businesses. And today, I am in Florida, in northwestern Florida, in Gulf Breeze, and I have uh, an awesome special guest who's going to be joining me shortly here. Her name is Rebecca Sothry. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, she'll tell me when she introduces herself. Um, pretty shortly. But thank you so much for listening to the Joyful Podcast. As always, it is so appreciated. Namaste. We'll talk to you soon. Remember, this is like really raw. So just don't pay attention to that little thing. It's bouncing. It's going to fade out and you won't see anything and then you'll forget it's even recording. <laughs> and remember, if you have tried this once before, third time's a charm. Third time recording. Again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I just I did a little introduction before I came in in the van. Okay. I usually like play my drum, and I say, "Welcome. This is what you're about to listen to." And um, your name is Rebecca, but she said downstairs, "Becky" is what they call you. Yeah, Rebecca or Becky. And I said that your last name is Sathri. Sathri. Yeah. Sathri. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. That sounds like a yoga name. Like we're going to into Sathri. Breath? It's not. It's not. It could be. It could be. If you want to invent, like, an, your own breathing, like, type of structure. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm going to clap. And then, um, yeah, what I was going to do is, I usually, like, I get people on and I ask them, like, you know, where they grew up, what they're... A good one that I like when I hear in, uh, conversation interviews is like, what did your folks do? Like, what part of the country did they live in? Because that gives people um, like a basis. I know, and see, and and sometimes that's not relevant. So what I was going to ask you is like, what's a relevant uh, starting point? <laughs> I'll tell you why I was interested. I'll tell you why I was interested. All right, I'll tell you why I was interested in talking to Becky 
is because I'm visiting um, northwest Florida in this area called Gulf Breeze, um, which is near Pensacola and uh, in the northern panhandle of Florida. And I'm like my people are like those who who get together and they teach yoga and they take yoga classes and they take uh, they do meditation sessions. So obviously I looked up where can I go take yoga around here while I'm in town for a week. And the name of this um, studio that I found is Uru. Uru. Or you are you. You are you. Yeah. <laughs> you are you. Uh, Yoga.com is, is where you can find it. And they have not only the location that we're in, but like three other locations. Mm -hmm. a, a whole like a set of trained instructors. Some people have been trained at other places. Some people have been trained here because you do offer training, a whole training program, certified and everything. Um, but when I was reading about you, you went to Maya Tulum? Yeah. Is that like where your yoga adventure began? Yoga adventure began in Gulf Shores. Yeah. Yeah, I was um, living mainly outside on the beach, in tents, anywhere I could outside, and I had a teacher that would teach me outside, so I started my journey of yoga because I didn't want to go inside and take. Okay. And learned Sun Salute Cat Cow. Uh -huh. Went to massage school, worked on a sailboat, sailed to Mexico, and when I got there, I arrived, and it just happened we sailed to, uh, for a man whose wife ran Maya Tulum. I didn't know what Maya Tulum was. Yeah, maybe I knew Sun Salute and Cat Cow, and, um, and just happened that they needed somebody to help with massage, mm -hmm. so I went and helped with massage, mm -hmm. took six hours of yoga a day with amazing teachers, and and thought, oh, I'll be a yoga teacher someday. And the next day, the, the six hours in, a day. Yeah, there were yoga retreats, and mm -hmm. the teachers were all really kind to let me come into the retreat, practice yoga. So I got to study Ashtanga and Baptiste yoga and Power yoga, Brian Kest and Nia and Kundalini, and really all the yoga that I knew nothing about. I didn't know there was all the yoga. I thought it was all the same. And it's not all the same. It's not all the same, <laughs> but it is. There's an essence uh, somewhere in there, if the essence of yoga is somewhere in there. Mm hmm Yeah. So, I'm going to do <clears throat> cat, right? Mm-hmm. And then cow. cow. And then cat. <sighs> That's a good way to just, like, if you're not feeling anything, like, just do that for a bit, right? Yeah. And breathe, and all of a sudden you'll feel like, doing more yeah and more energized and alive and more energized and alive <laughs> and that's that's what that's what got me into it is uh energized and alive but to gulf shores where you were living in tents yeah i lived in that's my close by here but i preferred living outside yeah mm -hmm. and gulf shores is on the beach it's just up the it's in alabama the beach on yeah. the other side of Okay. The state line. That's one of the cool things that I can share with people because, I, like, I just came from LA. You and me were talking just a minute ago about, like, the millions of thousands of studios or whatever in, in LA and, and in the, like, what I was telling you over um, Messenger was, like, the big cities of the world where you expect there to be centers of people who are 
uh, trained from all over the world and kind of getting together and having a business there. But was there like a community in southern Alabama of people who were like just living on, on the beach and and um, being like holistically minded and sleeping was, under the stars? Or was that just you? <laughs> I slept by myself a lot. <laughs> yeah, I bet. People were like, are you crazy? I'm Woke going inside. Crabs and things, yeah. But I had some friends, yeah, that lived out on the beach. Not a whole lot of yoga back then. Yeah. But Carolyn Hall had been doing it for many, many years, and she taught to whoever came, and and so I was lucky enough to practice with her. Uh huh. Okay. And um, so, like, what's I? I'm trying to choose if I do like some type of yoga retreat somewhere in the world, India or you know Mexico, like you did, or in the states. Who knows? What was it like in Mexico? Just were you living on cots? Oh, and like no. waking up it and was then beautiful. You lived in hanging beds. Yeah. There were hanging beds and there were palapas with grass. Uh-huh. You know, the the palm frond roofs and beautiful restaurant and it was just a it's a really beautiful place, Maya Tulum. Yeah. For sure. And the beach and the Yucatan Peninsula near the water. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was like waking up, walking the beach, uh-huh. swimming laying on the beach. Um, I remember one time laying on the beach and this, um, I was laying there and you could go topless. There was a lot of Europeans, so that was really open there. And um, the snake went across my body. Mm-mm. And I remember thinking, um, wow, this is what I've been working on in my practice is being one with everything. And at that moment, I was one with the earth and the snake, and there was no differentiation between me and the snake and the earth, and we just, it was a really beautiful experience. Afterwards, of course, I was like, ah, a snake just went over my body, but, but I also was like, that's what this is about, mm-hmm. is recognizing that oneness with all beings and with the planet and with each other and with ourselves, essentially, first. Mm-hmm. With ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's something that uh, I'm working on, and probably a lot of people are working on. Mm. <laughs> we all are in some yeah. way. But once you achieve it, don't even realize. Once it. you achieve it with <laughs> the snake experience, I might have almost had it today hiking around those banana spiders, but I avoided them. I don't care if they're from the earth. <laughs> well, it's not like you would just say, "Oh, come on, snake, just yeah. go over me." I don't think it would felt the same. It just did, and then I was able to process. Well, you know what? That's why you do need to meditate every day or have some uh, practice every single day because maybe if I had like taken a little more time to do like breath work or or sit in stillness today before I did this little hike, I wouldn't have been in terror when I saw these spiders down here in Florida that are the size of your hand almost, like really almost the size of your hand. And some of them are suspended in, in these like webs that just it looks like they're just flying like right over your head like just flying in the air and they're beautiful to look at from a distance yeah but you don't want them but i didn't take face. a picture just because i couldn't even <laughs> you know i didn't want i was like i'm a, i should take a picture of that it's kind of magnificent but i just couldn't bring myself to look at it long enough to take a picture <laughs> to even look at it no interview with the Spider today. No Podcast interview with a spider. Although, like, yeah, what if something, if something crawls across my leg or something, I'll just be like, okay, I'm okay with it. <laughs> All right. So 
All right, so um, Becky, if we move from after you came back, what brought you back to the States? A boat? <laughs> no, I came back. I had hiked in a motorhome to come back. <laughs> Was, from Mexico? Yeah. Was, from like, that's not just like on the border of Mexico, that's like No, we were down, down in yonder. Yucatan. Yeah. Yeah. With, I think, three crazy guys. Mm-hmm. It's super fun. Yeah. And lots of topes. Yeah. <laughs> if you've been to Mexico, you know what topes are. They're the speed bumps. Oh. <laughs> and if you're in the back of the motorhome, you know what. <laughs> you topes. fly up when you hit a tope. Yeah. And then we went to... Through Real Day. Are we talking like Big Winnebago or are we talking like Westphalia, like VW van? No, it was a Winnebago. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, it was super fun. I was 24, 25-ish. Awesome. Yeah. All right. And you're just like, maybe I'll hold out my thumb and start heading back stateside? I don't know if I held out my thumb, but I just (laughs) met somebody that was going back and I was like, oh, it's time. It's time. Can I ride with you? We went through Real de Catorce, which is a really beautiful place. It's known for peyote ceremonies and things like that, and just really beautiful, mm-hmm. very bumpy. Rio de and when the um, sun goes down, or at least at this point when I was there, when the sun went down in the desert, everything, they say that om is the primordial sound and that it's everything and nothing, so everything put together. And right when the sun went down, you could hear everything come together in the sound of Om. So it was just this, you know, just beautiful connection with nature and yoga. Yeah. It seems like a good place. All right. Was that a long journey? It was probably a long journey. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It didn't matter then. It didn't matter. <laughs> there was no schedule, no time, really. That's the way that it seems like you've approached stuff but I, I kind of, I expected like um kind of like a gung-ho because you have four locations here yeah and you know kind of regional it's not a small town but it's like a medium-sized small like little area Pensacola can you guide me through like when it started to become like a business for you because um, other people might want to know yeah. Because there's I so many little, like towns that probably are ready for the... Uh, one thing I've tried to encourage people is that if that's what you want to do, that you might be ready. Like, you ha- might have a market that's ready for that. Yeah. I mean, I think in anything, it doesn't have to be yoga, but because this journey was more like a journey of living your passion. Yeah. And so really what called it out was having my first big commitment, which was my daughter. I got pregnant and... Um, and I realized I could either get a job, like maybe the world thought I should, or some people in my life thought I should. Not, mm-hmm. No pressing. I didn't have anybody pressuring me, but just with some ideas. Or I could show my daughters that you can do what you're passionate about and live that. And yoga was the passion for me. Um, and so just slowly I realized I had to create stability for them, mm-hmm. but I also had to do it in a way that was ethical and moral and true to show them because I'm their example of how to live. And so that's what we did. We lived off $350 a month and um, we traveled in the beginning, continued to travel, and slowly I would 
when I started working after she was two, I would save extra money I made to do workshops because I knew that this was it, but mm -hmm. I knew I needed to create the stability and then the extra money, half of the extra money would go towards getting ahead. Towards you learning. And then half would go to me learning and just I created that was, I'm, I'm, I don't ever have like a um, budget or anything like that, but that was kind of how I looked at it. Okay, if I make extra money teaching a workshop or whatever, and so slowly, you know, I started teaching more yoga and I lived off a thousand dollars a month and and then when I got pregnant with my second child I was like I need to stop traveling mm -hmm. and um, buy a house mm -hmm. and Pensacola just was an easeful place to do that I had great friends great support and um, yeah just slowly teach started teaching more and more yoga taught with the, the second child in my in the sling she came with me, mm -hmm. I think two weeks into, you know, having her, she was with me and um, it was beautiful. So. In the sling is your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Super sweet. So then it just led to, just you just, I think when you live your passion, it takes the creativity, dedication, it takes some fierceness because you have to, the world is going to try to get you to not. There's a lot of people that are going to doubt or doubts are going to come in with, you but you have to know and you just have to push forward and know obviously in a kind way and I just knew that yoga was the way because of you know what it's done for me and mm -hmm. how it's changed me from the inside out and kept me going through so many things so it wasn't just it was it wasn't just an opportunity to create stability but it was also an opportunity to create um health and healing in the world because that's what I had experienced and I was like I want more people and then I started seeing students experience it the growth that they were experiencing and the healing and the opening and the connecting and everything mm -hmm. that yoga does so um, I think the main thing we were talking earlier about using our challenges as opportunities for growth and my teacher Sianna Sherman we've been studying Ganesh and that's what it's all about is going into your challenges rather than running from them and moving and growing from them and I would say that this is where that came from you know I had a really challenging relationship that was really hard to move through and um, mm. through that it made me it questioned there was a lot of questions about what I was doing and should I do this for money and mm -hmm. this isn't good and and I had to sit with that and I think when people question this it's good to sit back and ask ourselves those questions okay so he yeah that's what he's asking me to do am I am I ethical am I doing this just for money is this wrong to do it for money and all of those questions and I kept coming back with no this is what you're meant to do and now I'm done being questioned so I have to get out of this relationship because being questioned is good but mm -hmm. if it's constant questions, it's too confusing. Mm -hmm. So letting go of that and moving into knowing that this is it and slowly creating something, a community. And a lot of it came from also working places that might have, that were amazing and amazing growth for me. I had amazing teachers, but also that, that were a little more closed. Like you can't, you can only teach here. I mean, it wasn't said, but mm -hmm. it was, an underlying quality and I just wanted to create something where there was more spaciousness and Uru means spacious means broad spacious abundant and to live from that consciousness not a limited reality that I own my students or that I 
own our teachers because I want them to be free. Mm-hmm. And in essence, if them going somewhere else to study gives them more freedom, that's where I want them to be. Mm-hmm. And same with the teachers. If they have more freedom teaching somewhere else or they need to open their own place, I want to support that and, and trust that what I'm meant to be doing will continue in the way it needs to. It may have to shift, but also support people in their freedom and their spaciousness and their abundance. Yeah. Yeah. That's, is Ganesh like a deity? Ganesh is a deity, yes. It's, um, we don't study it in a religious sense, but in a mythological sense. So each deity has a quality that they represent. So mm-hmm. Ganesh is the remover of obstacles, but he's also, I'm learning from my teacher, Siana, that he's the placer of the obstacles as well. So instead of looking at, oh, your obstacles are just something you have to remove, like they've been placed there for your growth. That, that that's an opportunity. So when you have an obstacle, you see it as an opportunity to grow and to really delve into the depth of you, the, the things you throw away and the things you're scared of and the things that you mm-hmm. um, don't want to acknowledge, starting to acknowledge every part of yourself, calling it back in mm-hmm. and using that as the opportunity to That grow. is a really deep shift <laughs> when you realize that, like, so the deity of... Of, of getting through obstacles, but also he provided those obstacles, or she or it yeah. provided that obstacle for you. <clears throat> um, one of the most profound things that somebody told me affected them, it was almost just like that, is that seeing that, oh, maybe it was from a book, maybe it was Wayne Dyer, okay. who said, I realized that things, the biggest change is when I realized that things are happening for me, like everything is happening for me. That it really, like, it's like, that's the same, but it's just not, you know, studying it through um, a mythology. Yeah, for figure. you instead of against you. For, yeah, <laughs> instead of to you. Oh, to you. Yeah, because if something happens to you, then you're just like, oh, what do I do? But if you actually, uh, that can actually force, like, not force you, but make you want to go and see, oh, I wonder why this was given to me. What can I do with it? Because whatever happened, may have happened for you. And there's a time and a place, right? I mean, if somebody's really grieving from something or something really tragic has happened, I'm not going to tell them. There's a time and a place. Like, just be there for them, right? Um, until, you know, they're ready to say, to bring their head above, up for air, and then start to explore spiritually what, what else they could bring on in their life. <laughs> That's a huge thing that... Um... I've been exploring is trauma, like when people experience trauma, how we, even I noticed one of my teachers and friends had cancer and I'm like, oh, she needs space. So I just gave her space. And what I've realized, and when I was assaulted, which was another thing yoga really helped me with, a lot of people just stepped away. And I know they were doing it just to give me space because like, we don't know, one, because they think that's what you need. You decide that's what somebody needs or... Mm -hmm. But that realization that instead of saying, you know, instead of giving them space, going to them and saying, here, I'm here to offer you anything that you need. And if you need me to just be here, if you need to talk, if you need space, I offer that to you. But I'm here to offer you what you need. Instead of deciding what somebody needs. I see. I think that's 
Uh, that's what I'm learning about trauma, was we do that as humans, we run from it. Oh, they experience a death, we, I'll give them space. Well, maybe they don't want space. Maybe they okay. want to know that you're there for them, mm-hmm. you know, and that you'll offer them space if they need it, but not forcefully offer them space. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said that, because that's one of the things that goes through my mind when, when I talk about, like, flipping the script and changing your perspective is, like, well, what about trauma? So that seems like a really, that, that's something that your teacher and you were, were talking about? No, it's something that I learned through not supporting her. I gave her space because I, I just thought that's what, oh, so that's what she needs. So yeah. she's a really strong person and she likes her personal space. Then when I was assaulted, uh-huh. um, I realized people did that with me. And so I put it together that, hey... I decided this for her that she needed space when really I didn't offer her the opportunity to have me support her in whatever way she needed, whether it was with space or to be around her. Same with some of my friends. It wasn't their fault. I didn't hold it against them. It was more just an exploration for me to realize that some people showed up and were there and then some weren't. And I think sometimes it's because they're trying to offer you something, but they haven't asked you what you really need. Yeah. And it's not because, or we don't know how to approach people through trauma, so we just shy away from it. And instead of shying away... That can happen too. Often. We can, we can either be afraid of what they've gone through, or, or we're afraid that they're going to say, you don't understand, you can't help me, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't be afraid, right? Just be gentle and loving. Supportive. And supportive. Okay, that's going to go a long way. I think with not just me, but with with anybody who might be thinking about that. Hmm. Okay. I think I understand. Can you go into some of um, some of the other details that we were discussing? <laughs> oh, the details. No, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um. <laughs> I was going to ask you uh, uh, just some technical uh, things <laughs> that I've been too lazy to look up myself. What's the difference between just a yoga um, instructor and a yogi? Is there a distinction there? Is Does yogi mean just anybody who does yoga or what? People might not know that. And hopefully I have really enthusiastic people that are laughing at this. Yeah. I don't know. I like a yogi, and this would just be my opinionated or yeah. not opinionated but my um, my definition okay. would be somebody who lives yoga I see so that's their lifestyle I would see a yogi as somebody who carries yoga through their life the philosophy the you know healthy living eating and and I what I feel through my personal experience that becoming a yogi is when I started to realize that I saw yoga in everything, such as like the sunset and the om and the snake and the, so in every interaction and, and not that it's in everything because we're human, right? But um, we have moments and misses, which is all a part of the process, but starting to weave it into everything that we do, what we eat, what we say, who we spend time with, how we communicate, how we offer compassion to people even um, when they're, or not even when, like when they're experiencing times of 
not being aware mm. <laughs> all of that mm. you know and mm-hmm. times of challenges so living our yoga mm-hmm. got it that, that made so much sense so you can you can do an, be an instructor you can learn a lot and you can get a lot of health benefits and it can be really good for you but if if you are, are a yogi that means it's a really large part of your lifestyle. Yeah, it permeates it's, it your is, whole being. It permeates your whole being. <laughs> yeah. Okay, perfect. And, yeah, because yoga in its simplest form means to yoke and union, so creating union, with, like we said earlier, with the deepest part of yourself, your whole being, creating union with your whole being, and then extending that out into your interactions with the world, which can be with all beings, with all nature, how do we interact with the world? So mm-hmm. much as we were talking about water bottles earlier and mm-hmm. you know, creating less trash and create, you know, bringing awareness to all that we do, not in a stressful way, but in just a natural, that's just what we do. Yes, awareness. And with Tantra, which is what I studied, the philosophy, um, I love it because it's about enlightenment through being in the world. So it's about, it, you, would, you would read more um, classical perspective where it's like you're seeking enlightenment kind of outside of yourself. But in Tantra, it's about that enlightenment being within you. And so in everything that you do, creating and, and realizing or more realizing that oneness with everything. Mm-hmm. So not like being like, I want to be secluded with... Uh, like 10 people away from everything for a long time maybe that too though maybe that for a while <laughs> maybe that for a while yeah <laughs> because right because maybe so that's that, a part of your so process. that things can quiet down for a while maybe yeah. but I, I think that that's interesting what you said about uh, tantra that's another thing that I, i'm just hopefully i'm going to share through being taught that yeah rather than uh wikipedia it's like your yoga with the world. Like, you, how do you interact with your job? How do you interact? And it doesn't mean you have to be a yoga teacher or, or working in yoga, but how do you create that unity, that oneness in everything that you do? And how do you see it and feel it and experience it? Just like we were talking about the challenges, finding mm-hmm. the unity and the challenge with yourself rather than it being something separate. Because you were saying everything. You said it's for you. Mm-hmm instead of to you yeah mm-hmm. so that would flow that flows with the tantric philosophy for sure okay you you really embody, have seemed to have embodied like this so long that when I I kind of dive into this uh, telling people that there's a surge of of mindfulness and it's a, like a growing uh, movement or uptick, revolution, um, boom, to you, you probably don't feel that at all because it's been your world, <laughs> you know, for so long. No, I see it. You I do. definitely see it. I mean, I'm teaching it. We have four studios. Pensacola started when I started teaching here. We had, we didn't have a studio when I started practicing here, and we practiced 
at Body Biz, which was a gym mm-hmm. um, with my teacher, Nancy Lanasa, and, and from that grew into, um, you know, Sudavia opened a yoga studio, and I got to the opportunity to teach it at my first yoga studio in the old Sacred Heart building, so it's just slowly, but it was really small, and then that closed, and then we practiced at the Avery Center, and then Abaya opened along with Breathe, so there were two little studios, and then now there's seven, at least seven studios in the area. So it's been really beautiful to be a part of that growth, which you were saying earlier to the, to let people know that um, being a part of the groundwork of developing a community is really beautiful. It can be beautiful to go into a community that's booming like LA or something like that, mm-hmm. like you said, but it can also be really beautiful to go, oh, I remember you know, when we used to practice in the bottom of that church or, you know, and now look at the yoga studios that we have and all of it's really beautiful. So being a part of growing the community is super, super fun. Mm-hmm. Highly suggested if you're feeling it, like go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And just the, the regional differences of being in the South, you know, that's, that's irrelevant, right? Yeah. Well, um, it's interesting because because of who, you know, Nancy and her starting yoga here, she was, she was a Jiva Mukti teacher. So you taught about being vegan and you, you taught chanting and it just was, that's what you did. Mm-hmm. And so we're blessed here to have a lot of the spiritual component of yoga where people will come from California or somewhere else and they'll be like, we don't chant at all. And I'm sure people chant there, but the classes they've been to, because and I'm always like, well, go to other ones. There's more. There's always more. Mm-hmm. You can always find somebody to practice with that you'll resonate with if you give it time. And you can always find a jewel in every practice, every studio you go to, every teacher you go to. I always say, instead of looking for what's wrong, because maybe there's a lot you wouldn't go back to, find the jewel in that practice wherever you go, the small town, the big town, wherever it is, mm-hmm. the big cities but find that jewel that resonates with you that you will share. And there's always a jewel in every practice. And it might be that the teacher is so young and new, she's just so excited and she may not have her wording down yet, but just even that newness and that excitement of mm-hmm. yoga in them, you can experience that with them rather than judging them or, or whatever it is. Or you go into a studio and I went in Tallahassee and they're still you know, writing on cards. They don't do anything online. and and just the beauty of them mm. holding the older tradition of how you run a studio mm. instead of judging it and being like, oh, I was in this little room and, you know, it, enjoying that, just relishing in the simplicity of it. Mm-hmm. So just finding that. The um, jewel. Yeah, the jewel in everything. And you can do that not just in your practice, right? Wherever mm-hmm. you go, there's always some jewel. Yeah, that's something to try to remember, like, every single day. Have a little summary of jewels, maybe, at the end of your day. <laughs> yeah. I try to give you Jack at the end of each day. It's like a few little highlights, like little jewels, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he's a jewel. He's a jewel, oh, for <laughs> sure. These kids are jewels. Or dogs, or whoever your like, little loved one is. Cats, whatever. Um... And, and um, a yogini? What's that? Is that a, that's a noodle. Um, for a w- <laughs> Vegan? A vegan noodle. noodle. <laughs> I think for a while they said yogini and yogis. Yogini. yogini would be a female. Oh, yogi. Okay. 
and a yogi, but I don't know that that's always used. But yeah, if, if right. it's used, that's what it was used for, a okay. female yogi or uh, okay. a vegan noodle. Yeah. Gluten-free, of course. Gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man, I've learned so much. Um, really, it does seem like you've... I think I read here that does each class include a, a small meditation? Did I, I read say that? Every class does. Okay. Teachers, what I've realized is that one, teachers teach in a different way and students receive in a different way. And not everybody wants to come right into their practice that way. So I don't really judge um, the teachers. Like my partner, Chris, yeah. teaches a very physical practice. He does own, and, but it's a very physical practice. But a lot of the yogis that come want that in the beginning and a lot of us did want that in the beginning and and so I think there's room for all different types of practices as long as the integrity mm. is there for you know the growth and the connection in the yoga so a lot of the practices do include meditation but not all of them at our mm. studio okay and then we have Ariel where you just go crazy and hang upside down and have a lot of fun and face your fears what? and go Ariel. upside down. Ariel. What do you mean Ariel? Ar yeah. Like the you Ariel have things silk. suspended from the um, from the ceiling? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. And then acro yoga where it's about connection and community. And uh -huh. I like um, I like all the different kinds of yoga. I'm pretty open. Yeah. I started in that way with all the styles. So I'm open to all the different kinds. And I see people and their experience of it and I try to just step back even though I may not connect to a certain practice and see if it's offering something positive to mm -hmm. people and if they feel really connected it's not for me to decide that that's not a yeah. valid practice if they're feeling a connection to it and it's helping them connect deeper to themselves then go for it yeah acro uh, yoga is something I haven't uh, ever taken any class in yet oh but, I love it yeah I love it we teach uh, yeah. on Monday night if you Monday know. night I don't know if you'll be gone oh, but I'll be gone. <laughs> but yeah be but th there's a beginners uh like, cool yeah yeah acro yoga is super fun mm -hmm. and then another thing that I wanted to speak about just because you have Jack mm -hmm. and I have Kaya and Malia and um I really think it's important to include the family in and the kids in. And we also have yoga in schools that carry my partner at Gulf Breezes um, and Kelly is helping her with, but they're, they're getting yoga in the Gulf Breeze schools and in different schools. So that's exciting. Really? But yeah, getting the exciting. kids in and getting, you were talking about mindfulness and kids, but the more we can weave our family in, our young ones in, mm -hmm. so that they have the tools mm -hmm. to carry with them through life. Yeah, a cool, a cool friend um, took me to a class, uh, and then the instructor of this class, her name was Georgina, and I think it's called Two Hearts Yoga in Sherman Oaks, California, somewhere in the valley in LA. Um, their toddler class, I had never been to anything like that before but everybody c comes in with their infant or toddler. So when yours is, is tugging on somebody else's leg, they don't, you know, their kid might be on, like right underneath oh, you, you know? So, awesome. so she just goes along like it's nothing and there's roaming toddlers, you know, kids on the floor and everybody just goes with it. And there's, you know, there's some laughter every now and then, but there, there's actual 
work being done, you know? Yeah. We and have a family yoga like family, that. Family? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and bring your toddler? You bring any age. Anybody. Any and age. And they just go crazy and have fun. And they do few kids things, and then they, but the parents get a full yoga class as well. So there's a balance of kid play, yoga class, toddlers running around, nursing, anything that yeah. needs to happen. All right. Bathroom breaks for the kids. Yeah, they can step out. Anybody can step out, step in. That's yeah. that's really cool. Um, all right. <sighs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. But you you can't uh, leave yet because <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's, it's your place. So <laughs> I might have to leave. Uh, I want I want you to talk about it, the road trip that you're practicing for because you just got back from eleven days. Yeah. In an RV, um, getting ready for like a longer journey, which people will be able to follow on. On YouTube or something at some point. Yes. Right. All right. Yeah, we... um, That's that's still taking shape. It's taking shape. Yeah, this was the... Well, it turned into... This trip turned into, instead of starting the project, just getting to know the Winnebago and and also a gratitude tour. I just stopped by a lot of places where um, people in my life that had really touched me deeply and was able to spend some time with them. And um, so that was beautiful. And our mission would be to go similar to what you're doing in podcasts, just to go around and just interview people and show what's going on in the world of yoga and mindfulness Yeah. in our country. And like you're doing as well, smaller towns as well as bigger towns, but highlighting a lot of the things that may not be highlighted because a lot of the bigger Cities have a lot of representation, but just showing what's happening mm-hmm. in different places, whether you know it's, it's yoga at a church or it's yoga in a studio or the different studios that are happening and what they're doing um, around the country. Yeah, what possibilities. And nowadays, you can do that. Like People can follow uruyoga.com and find all the information and, and reach out and say, come through my town. Yeah. You know, like if um, that, that was one of the cool things is people saying like, you're, yeah, you're welcome here. And it's the community of people that are doing that is just so awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, endless potential. So what do you think? You, you don't operate on like a, a clock, but you think you're going to do that this year or next year? Like the big, the big shebang. Um, I don't know for sure yeah. how it'll go. It'll just be spontaneous. We mm-hmm. may do some small trips and start it out because Maybe the kids are in school right those now. Small trips are awesome. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. What's been the uh, challenge of driving that rig? <laughs> it's a little bumpy. <laughs> so I got a little dizzy. Um, the longer trips are a little harder. Yeah. And it's a time machine, but in reverse order. So you're like, oh going to take us two and a half hours to get there and what seems like two and a half hours later you're like oh it's going to take us two and a half hours to get there so it's a little bit slower so you have to move in a different Mm -hmm. you just have to work in a different way you can't look at your google maps and think that the time is exactly what it's going to be right super sweet to be able to have um, we spent no money on food the whole trip because everything was packed it it was already in the fridge and yeah that was super fun just to be able to experience it that way and, and where then did you, other where did you challenges pull over and sleep? Um, campgrounds we camped in some campgrounds we definitely stayed at some friends houses okay 
and rest areas oh, right. if we were driving fast. They don't have to you put know. you up. You can just pull in. Yeah. 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 So that was super sweet. Mm -hmm. And then challenges. It was beautiful being with the family, and then you're in really tight quarters. So I think the teenager it was a little tight for her. She settled in halfway through the trip, though, because her sister um, experienced a death in the family. Her uncle had died, so her sister stepped up and to support her. So that was really beautiful to see in short, in um, small quarters that support of mm. the older sister and the younger sister and that connection. There were definitely moments of non-support as well, but <laughs> then the moments of support were really beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Ugh, I can't wait. I'm doing an event in like a van that I could sleep in, but I've, I've chosen like a hotel or, or friends or, or family every time, you know, yeah. instead of like if it was just me, I'd be like, cool, side of the road, I'll sleep in this. Yeah. But, you know, um, so that's awesome. What else can we hit before we, we jam? I'm just looking forward to that, that trip so much, whenever it happens. Thank you. Uh, all right, well, um, Becky Sothring. Thank you so much. Namaste. Namaste.